Welcome to The Great Sources, where we explore fundamental Torah ideas through the great books and sources of Jewish thought. Welcome everyone. I, before I begin, I want to remind you that there is a link to the source sheets in the episode description for this year. And I've been doing that for the past shurim lately. If you're interested in exploring the sources of the shurim, they're there for you. Additionally, I am looking to get sponsors for the shiurim to continue being able to do these great shiurim. If you are interested in sponsoring a shir as a schos, nishmas, or just because you really appreciate what we're doing here, please get in touch with me through the email address that's also in the episode description. One more thing, I'm thinking of doing an episode of questions and answers. If you have something that you if you have a question that you want to ask, you want me to address, also send it to me. Not subjects for a full shurim. You're welcome to send me your ideas for that too, but basically I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to select that, but if there's something that you want to hear about, definitely you can get in touch with me. But I'm talking about more like a very specific question that you'd want me to talk about. And if I have enough interest in that, perhaps we'll have a collection of questions submitted by listeners that I'll, I'll make an episode, a uh, special episode about that. Okay, now tonight's discussion... Tonight's discussion is a subject that I know, or at least knew, next to nothing about. Now that I researched it, it was really interesting, really eye-opening, and intriguing. A very new uh, subject, which I think most of us probably haven't really thought about much. And that is Hashem's holy names and how to use them. Now, interestingly enough, Last week, when we spoke about Malachim and uh, the Rambam Shita about the impossibility of seeing a Malach other than in a Nevuah, because the Rambam believes, as we discussed, that Malachim are intelligences, have nothing, are completely immaterial, so therefore they can only be seen in a vision. And that, as you mentioned last week, provoked the Ramban's ire. Ramban and Parashas well, maybe I shouldn't say, all right, Ramban is just telling us his shita, which is that, Dvarim elu osur l'shoim om kol shekein l'hamen b'hem. These things about the Ramban's opinion about seeing Malachim, how it only can take place in a vision, in a mara nevuah, something usur to hear and kol shekein to believe, that's the Ramban's, Ramban's opinion, of course, obviously the Ramban holds otherwise, which is why we explored both sides of the issue last week. But interestingly, and in researching this subject of Seamus, the Rambam has something similar to say about this. The whole idea, says the Rambam, in the Meirah Chelek Aleph, Perek Samachal. He says, do not believe the fantasies of the Camillus writers and the names that they make up, that you hear from them or find in their foolish books. These words do not indicate anything. They have no meaning. They call them Seamus, and they claim they require Kedusha and Tara, and that they affect wondrous things. All these things, says the Rambam, are stories that is not appropriate for a Adam Shalom to hear, So, that's the, the Rambam's opinion about this matter, which we are not going to begin with tonight. I'm going to explore the Rambam Shita about this, exactly what his objection is. But we're going to start first, not with the Rambam Shita, we're going to start with the Shita of the Mekubalim. They're the ones who really deal with this extensively and explain what the doctrine is and how it works. And after we explore that, we're going to get back to the Rambam and understand what exactly is the Rambam's 
opposition rooted in, what we can, how we can think about this. So, so the idea is that there are names and that they can be used. And they are really, we could break that down into two chedushim, two ideas, two novel ideas. Number one, that by saying a name, or word, or name of Hashem specifically, but a word, one can, sometimes thinking about it, sometimes saying it, sometimes writing it, one can affect, affect uh, physical things, can happen based on, by saying a name. Okay? By saying a shame of Hashem. Another Chiddush is, another Chiddush in this whole doctrine, is that besides for the names of Hashem that we're familiar with, from the Torah, there are many, many Shemus, Shemus Kedoshim, hundreds probably, more than we know, and um, also, also, a lot of these names, Shemus HaKedoshim, and this is important, we'll get when we get to Rambam, but this is, that, uh, that, that all these Shemus HaKedoshim, many of them, do not have any normal meaning. So these are words, unlike the other names of Hashem, that are derived and can be explained, there are these wondrous names that seem to be, basically, look like magical incantations because they're just not normal words. So you have these names, and they are mysterious names, they're mystical names, and, this, and I say mystical, I mean to say that, like I said, they're not normal words that you can explain in normal speech, and that you can actually affect things in this world through, through these names. Amazing. Through Amban, in uh, the Sefer, Torah Hashem Torah Hashem he says that the whole Torah is Hashem's Shemis, and each parsha contains a shame through which you can, something was made, or Niskayim. And he says there's a book about it, and that book is called Shemish Torah, that in, each par- that in various parshas it says how to use them, what name comes out from the parsha, and how it's derived from the Pesukim, and how to use it. And by the way, this Sefer Shemesh Torah you can find on, it's a Chachma if you like, and I don't recommend using Shemesh, please stay till the end. If you're listening till here, keep listening because Nish does a Pashit, but it's just interesting how this is out there, and the Ramban Sefer, the talks about Shemesh Torah, um, I think it's Mir Respect to the Ga'inim, I didn't do that much research, but it is out there on it's a Chachma, and as the Ramban continues the quote from the Ramban, he says, this Sefer tells you each Parsha what name comes out of it, and how to use it. And then the Ramban continues, says, we have a greater Kabbalah, that even more than that, say, for that the whole Torah, from Bereshis to Enid Kalisol, is all shameless. Like, as if you would say, Bereshis Bere Elohim, meaning breaking up the words in a way that, like I said before, is not nonsensical, but these are shameless. And he mentions also the famous shame that comes out from Vayisa, Vayovoi, Vayet, three psukim in a row in Pashas Bashalach, the shame shall Ayn Beis. And the Ramban says that the Hasidic Hadoris, who know it, we're able to use it lahamis, ulahachayos, linsoish, vilinsoits, ulahavid, vilaharis, livnois, vilintoya. They could use it to destroy, to, to build, to, to kill, and to rebuild, and to resuscitate. Amazing. So the Ramban testifies that there were these names that, known by the Hasidim, were able to be put to effect killing people. And of course, we know from Chazal. We know from Chazal. The Chazal talk about this. Why should kill the Mitzvah with the shame? Um. So the concept is familiar with various Chazals. I'm not going to go into the proofs tonight, but and, and where the concept from Chazal. But I want to give you a sense of, of like what this could mean. So like, why does why why is there this concept of Hashem's shameless, of the shameless that could 
that, that you can use Hashem's name to do something as, as if magically. It's like no less than magic. But there's an interesting psikta. So the psikta says on the Pasuk in, um, in Yeshai, it says, Ani Hashem Hushimi. So the psikta says, just Ani Hashem Hushimi, there's like a hekesh between Hashem and his name. Ma Ani Just like Hashem himself can create and destroy worlds, his name can also do that. So like Hashem does things, his name has power. And I think the idea perhaps can be understood conceptually, like what this is all about, based on a, a passage in Chavis Alavavis, where he talks about how we can't have a concept, we can't have a picture, an image of Hashem. And for that reason, says the Chavis Alavavis, there are many psukim that, instead of talking about the praise of Hashem, they talk about the praise of His name. And this is in Shahayichud Yichud, Perek Yod. So instead of talking about Hashem, the Pasuk talks about Hashem's name. And that's because, says the Chavis of for example, he brings the Pasuk, actually, in today's Aftarah, Mepnei Shemi, Nichasu, and Liyiro Es Hashem, Hanichbod, Vahanoir, and Devarim, and other Pesukim. So, why are we talking about being afraid of Hashem? Being afraid of the name? He says, because we can't know Hashem himself. So that's why, the, that's why the, the, the book of the Torah and all the Nevi'im, Keep on talking about his name, his name, his name, because we don't have a sense except for his, the fact that he exists and his name. But what he's all about, we don't know. And that's the whole idea of Shara Yichud and, and the, the Chavis Lovis' conception of Yichud, as we discussed. It's completely undefinable. Just know that there is a God. But we do know his name. So it's like the name is the handle we have. The name is the handle we have for the relationship with Hashem. And therefore... That's like a gift that he gave us how to relate to him, and that name then can do things like God Hashem, like Hashem himself could do things. So that's the idea. And the, and the Derech Hashem, the Derech Hashem who is Marech in this Allah, you know, the Ramchal, obviously was a, a great Makobal, and he also wrote Svarim that are extremely methodical. He works everything out and he explains it. He explains how things work and why they should work. So he also, when he talks about Shemus, he's mocked him the discussion of Shemus with this idea. With this idea, he starts off saying like this. This is in Derech Hashem, Chelek, Gimel. And the discussion of shame is he says, Hashem allowed himself to be called by a shame. So that his creation, his creatures, the ones he created, can be misoired to him and called to him. And mention him and become close to him. So the first idea is, the concept of God himself is, is completely distant from, us, distant from us. But he gave us his names, and that's a gift that allows us, that's the way we connect to him, through, through these names. And therefore, continues the um, the Der Hashem, his names are powerful. He continues, he says like this, The Shem HaMeyochet is Hashem himself, and Hashem has various names according to each hashpa that he does. All the various hashpahs that exist in the world, Hashem has a name that associate, that's associated with that. And, continues, and now this is all there, Hashem, who really gives the most thorough explanation of this, whole, of this whole topic. He says, whenever his creatures mention his name, there is a ha'ara and hashpah according to the specific shame that they mention. And when you mention that hashpah, there's going to be when you, when you mention the shame, there's going to be a hashpa, and there's going to be the teladus of that hashpa. Okay. Now, the first, and this is all now, I'm giving a summary of the Hashem stuff. The first uh, focus of Shemus, the first and major use of Shemus that the Ramchal focuses on, 
is that a person can use these shamas to break out, to break out of the of the gevulas um, hateva that constrain his own mind, constrain his own hasaga, so that he, the person, can mix, can be then connected to spiritual beings and get yidia and haskala above haskala anusha. It's amazing. So ruach hakodesh and nevuah. He says, Ruach HaKadosh HaNavuah, the way you get these Ashpais is by saying certain Shemis, either the or mentioning them them Bepeh, or combinations with all sorts of conditions that we're going to get to soon. So, it's a fascinating thing. The Derech Hashem says, as Chaim Batal talks about this too a lot, we'll get to that soon. But the Derech Hashem says that that the first use of Shemis he talks about is that the means of, of getting out of the Restrictions, the natural restrictions of, of the mind that we can only be mastic so much, and really being able to communicate with divine beings, is through shamus. It's an amazing thing. So that's the that's the first, um, that's the way you get to rachakaydish and nevuah. And um, he says, I'm not a hundred percent sure now if it's him or Chaim Patal, so I'm just going to qualify that. That the Nevi'im would teach these Shemis. The B'nei HaNevi'im, the B'nei HaNevi'im, who are studying to become Nevi'im, it's a, it's a term from Tanakh. B'nei HaNevi'im means the Talmidim of Nevi'im. So they would learn from the Nevi'im these Shemis that allow them to, to break out of their constraints of their mind and to take these trips in the Eilamas, in the Eilamas Ha'adayim. And Reb Chaim Vital, on this topic, and then we'll get back to Hashem, Reb Chaim Vital in Sefer Shari Kedusha talks about how to get Ruach HaKodesh. And by the way, if you're interested in that topic, how to get Ruach HaKodesh, there's no more detailed, safer on it than Shari Kedusha. Really, really takes that question and says, hey, how can we get Ruach HaKodesh? People used to have Ruach HaKodesh all the time. What do we have to do to get it? That's Rukhaim Vital's whole thing over there. And, and it's very interesting. And one of Shardalid in, 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 in Shari Kedusha, which has not been printed, and a lot of the prints of Shari Kedusha is not printed because Shardalid, he gives you all these shamus. He talks about all these shamus, all these combinations, <clears throat> how to use them to get Ruach HaKadosh and Nevuah, meaning to get, to connect your Neshama with the Olam which means, and like, I'm going to give you an example, like he says over there, you're going to, you're going to get to a certain gate in, in your mind, obviously it's only your mind, and you're going to say a shame, and that shame is the shame you need to, to get through that gate, and then when you say that shame, the, the person who's thinking this, I think he says the Navi, but the point is the person who's thinking this will go through the gate with his machshava. So it's, it's, it's a meditative kind of thing. By saying certain names, it allows you to unlock this kind of, this super consciousness, which is the Pesach through HaKadosh. It's a really fascinating thing because, you know, you learn the Mernavuchim, for example. Well, not for example, but let's say you learn the Mernavuchim, and, uh, which is really a lot about Nevuah. And, of course, there's no word there. As we said, the Ramam is very, it's, it's opposed to the whole concept of shame, so we'll get back to that. But there's no concept, no idea that the path to Nebuah is through these uh, methods of, like, unlocking superconsciousness through any specific words or even a specific meditations. It's more about perfecting your dais and then contemplating those specific dais. But in the, the Mahalach of the, of the, of the Mekubalim, this is the path. So, so much for the first and main use of Shemus in the Day Hashem, the first use of Shemus, and explicated more at, at Barichas in Shari Kedusha of Chaim Batal, also Shari Ruch of Kisve Ari, but I don't think I have to tell you where to look for it. 
if you're holding by being in this, you'll find it yourself. Uh, like I said, hold on, it's not so simple to go jump right into this. But let's move for now. Let's go on with the Derech Hashem for now. So that's the first thing. You use these Shemus to, to break out of the limitations of your consciousness. Next use of Shemus. Next use of Shemus, says the... Says the um, Derech Hashem, is that you can use Shemus to do great and wondrous things. And that's because, again, the Hashpahs of Hashem, the Hashpahs of Hashem are connected to, are, can be affected, you can make them happen through using these Shemus because Hashem wants to be called by a name and that way we connect Him and that way we put the Hashpah into effect. Put the Hashpah into effect. Secondly, another, another use of Shemus is that the Malachim, who have Koiches, you can mention names of Malachim, and this is something we mentioned briefly last week, you can mention names of um, of Malachim, which is specifically the name that Hashem has, the name that Hashem has that relates to that Pa'ula, and that way the Malach, that way that could force the Malach to do more than he would normally do. So let's say you have a Malach that's Mamuna on a certain Kayach, and by mentioning the name that's associated with that Shefa, that will cause the Malach to basically do your bidding. So, so basically, there's two mahalchim in this last thing. One is mentioning Hashem's name so that the shefa comes from Hashem, and the other one is forcing the malachim through the names of Hashem to do what they have in their power, but to do it in, in a way that more than they would otherwise do. And the Derech Hashem says, just so you should have a sense of how, how this works, Derech Hashem says, there's no guarantee that this will work. There's no guarantee that this will work. Just like, says the Derech Hashem, when you, something natural won't necessarily work if God decides, if God decrees that it won't work. So basically what he's saying is, if this doesn't work, it's an ace. If this doesn't work, it's an ace. It's completely built into the system of reality, this whole thing of Shemus. However, he qualifies that. He says, the first Mahalach, mentioning Hashem's names and getting Hashem from Hashem, for that, you have to be Davik to Hashem, and you have, to be, you have to be close to Hashem, you have to be a, a Kaddish. For the second thing, which is the mentioning names that force the Malachim to do it, there's no conditions. There's no conditions. He says, it's going to work. It's going to work no matter what. However, however, and here's the, here's the big however, he says, a simple person should not use this. And when the Mishnah says in the Pekeh, if you use Hashem's crown, you're going, you're going to be in big trouble. Only Kedoshim that are close to Hashem should use this if it's going to be necessary for Kedosh Hashem. So this... So this is the is the is the bottom line of the Hashem that even though this works, even though this works, he's still very hesitant, very reluctant people to use it. And by the way, there's a lot of lot of that in many sources in the beginning of Shari and other places where where people talk about how either we don't have the same we don't have all the Chachm of the shame. There's a Klamatal talks about the Lanchai Kedusha, the different levels, different Mahalchim of shames that they used to have in the Sefer Safras of the Hecholis, they had a certain Mahalach of how do you shame us? We don't have that, but we have different ones. And certain, sometimes they say that a lot of the shames were written down in a way that's not accurate, so that people shouldn't know them fully, so you really have to have a messiah about it. And also that if you're not worthy of it, you're going to get suffer, you're going to suffer for it, you're going to get punished for it. The malachim who are forced to do your bidding are not going to be so happy about it, and they might come to get you, things like that. And I, I don't mean, I didn't mean that in any, I sound a little dismissive. I meant to say there's a danger, there's a danger in engaging with these things if you're not worthy of it. However, again, it will work. The Hashem says it's going to work. It's, it's part of the way Hashem set up the world. So we have this whole system, this whole elaborate system, 
that's like secret and nobody knows about. And but it's there. It's there. And like I said, you know, you could really look at the spine, and now you have a little bit of sense. You obviously the shameless most of the things. Well, that's what it is. That's what it is. Basically, it's this idea that that Hashem does have all these secret names. And and secret and mystical in the sense that they don't necessarily make sense. Unlike the other names that we can that do make sense for everyone, these are of an esoteric nature, but there are specific names that are associated with specific hashpayas. And by knowing those names, thinking of those names, or writing those names, you can affect that hashpa. Okay, and now that's not that's all for the Mukubam shita, which is the main shita of tonight. This whole doctrine of the Shemes. And now I want to move, go back to the Rambam and understand what the Rambam's objective, uh, objection is to all this. What's the about and how can we think about this? So the Rambam in Perik Samachalaf, as you mentioned in the beginning of this year, he says, he says, now we know what he's referring to. He's talking about Hashem's names and he says, like I said, don't should not occur to you the fantasies of the Kameis writers and the Seamus that they make up, that you hear from them or find in the foolish books. These names don't indicate anything at all. They call them Seamus. They say it requires Kedusha and Tyra and that they will do wonders. This is things that you can find, exact those, those things. They call Seamus. They require Kedusha and Tyra. They'll affect wonders. All these things that the Mukabalam talk about at length. And the Ramam says, all these things are stories that a, a worthy person, uh, sorry, a Sholem should not listen to, call Shekane to believe it. And then he says, then he says, I will explain to you what happened how it came to be that people came to believe what they believe about Seamus. And that's the next parak. It's an amazing thing. The next parak he talks about, he's continuing talking about Seamus, and um, he says, he says like this, he says, there's a Gemaris in Kedushin that talk about if you know the shame of 42 letters, and we'll get to that soon, what the Ram holds that is, if you know it, Talmudai Miskayim Beyadai, you're always going to remember your learning. So it sounds like, it sounds like the Gemara is saying that it's a magical name. If you know the name, it will have these magical effects. The Ramam explains it differently. The Ramam says it means that, we'll get to what the Ramam sheet is soon, okay? But the Ramam says like this, the Gemara sounds like names have magical effects. Evil people, says the Ramam, this is the end of Perik base. evil and foolish people found these kinds of Lashonis and Chazan about names having these magical effects. So it enabled them to lie. And say that they could combine any letters that they want and say this is a shame that can have such an effect when you write it or if you say it. And then these lies were written down. That foolish, that ignorant and, 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 uh, and evil first person, the things he made up were written down. Okay, now they're books. And these books, so someone wrote down this, 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 this magical ideas that were completely fantasies, inspired by these Gemaras that sound like they're saying it. These books... Then, says the Ram, a whole, a whole elaborate thing of how, the, how this developed, how these lies developed. These books came to Hasidim, Yireim, Hapsoim, foolish but pious Hasidim, who don't have the ability, did not know how you determine what's true and false, so mainly they didn't throw them out, they put them away. And I'm going to throw them out because maybe there's something to it. So they hid them. And then, says the Ram, they were found in their estate. So people thought they were correct. So you had, you had a, a, a Hasid, from from Chassid, a very pious person who found these writings that were really gibberish, but but he was uh, he wasn't capable of determining whether the true or false. So he say so he said you don't want to throw them out. So he put them on a shelf, stuck them on a shelf, and he put them behind his farm. And then after he died, people discover this. Oh, you know what I found in, in such and such Chassid's on his bookshelf behind his gemaras? There were these pages with these shemes, 
And so people thought, oh, wow, his secret shame is that the Chassid was um, clearly believed in. And Ram says, to summarize, Pesi Yamin Lecholdava. Fool could believe everything. That's how it comes out. By the way, interestingly enough, Ramosha Provencalo, when, uh, in a discussion about various things in the Sefer Hasidim, in the Sefer Hasidim that he considers to have been um, incorrect, I remember was that some things that he thinks were against Chazal, but certain things in Sefer Hasidim that he said, you know, he shtelts to the Rambam and the Mary, he says, maybe they got there because people found them in Rabbi Yudah Hasid's library in his study, and they thought they were his own opinion, but really, it was like the Rambam says, he, Rabbi Yudah Hasid, didn't throw them out. And therefore, people inserted them into the Sefer Hasidim, thinking that his opinion. So basically, you have to really research where where the where the root of the uh, where the opinions came from. Okay, but I want to explain. So, so what exactly is Ram's objection? The Ram's objection. Ram says no. There's no such thing as as words that don't mean anything. So, what does he do with these gemaras? What does he do with this 42-letter word? And how does he explain the gemaras? So, the Ram says that the 42-letter word says the Ram. It's well known to anyone who has any who has the ability to have any intellectual perception, that it's impossible for 42 letters to be one word. It was various words. The 42-letter name of Hashem was various words. Because you can't have a, letter, a word that's 42 letters. It was various words that totaled 42. And, of course, undoubtedly, these words meant something. These words meant something about the central essence of God. And why are they called a shame if they are more than one word? Because they, they indicate one one thing. And why is the Gemara say that if you know this, then you're never going to forget your learning? Because says the Ramah, because in the books about metaphysics, it's clear that this knowledge is impossible to be forgotten. Meaning, if you're Masig, the Seichel HaPoyal, the active intellect we spoke about the last week, the nature of, of Hasaga, it's impossible for that to go away. Okay, so basically, so the Ramah is saying like this. What is the Ramah arguing? Remember, if you want to define a Machlick, we have to figure out what's the Machlick about. Is there a shame or is there not a shame? What does that mean? What, what, what exactly is the question? So the Ramam is saying, basically, the Ramam is saying two things. They say that there's Kedusha and Tara in these Shemis. Okay? In these Shemis that have no meaning. And they say that these names, that these names have effect. And the Ramam says, no, 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 no. These names don't have effect. If you understand the God, God's names that do have meaning, then you're a changed person. And really, it's really one machlekes. In other words, whether there are these names that don't mean anything, and whether these words can, can affect anything is really one machlekes. I want to explain why. According to the Ram, as the Ram says, if you're capable of any tvisa musagis, Ram says anyone who's capable of any intellectual perception can know that there's no word that's 42 letters. Well, why can't there be a word that's 42 letters? Because it doesn't mean anything. Because the language as we know it, the language that we could use for meaning, doesn't have 42 letter words. You can have these magical kind of words that go on forever, but if you're capable of any tvisa musagis, then you know what a word is. And this is the key point. The Ramam holds a word is something that has meaning. Because the Ramam holds that, the, that the, high, the pinnacle of human achievement is understanding, is meaning. So therefore, the la- well, let's put it this way. Language, words, are used for those things that have meaning. If there is something that's beyond perception, beyond our logic, we don't have words for that. We may have sounds, we may have grunts, that do things for us, and perhaps the Ramam could accept that using these kinds of sounds will maybe may put you in a certain state of mind, but they're not words, because words as we know it, words as we know it are things that relate to the Seichel, 
and have meaning to it. So here's the thing. According to the Rambam, as the Rambam says, if you know Hashem's name, you're never going to forget your learning. Yeah, because according to the Rambam, what that means is if you understand Hashem, because that's the whole idea of a word, is something that gives you an ability to have some Havana, then you are a very different person, and Hashem is going to be Mashgiach in you, and it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference in the world if you know Hashem's name or not. The question is, what does it mean to know Hashem's name? According to the Rambam, that means to have the understanding of what the word ref- reflects, what the word is reflective of, because words are a means of defining, of giving meaning. According to Mekubalim, according to Mekubalim, the world that's beyond meaning, the world that we cannot quantify and, and explain in normal language, also has words. That is the whole Chiddush, in a sense, that is the whole Chiddush of Kabbalah, that even things that are beyond understanding, we have tradition about it, and we can have a language about it, and we could talk about it. I want to give you, I'm bringing out what I mean. We once spoke about, we once spoke about um, Tzalem Alekim. According to the Mekubalim, Tzalem Alekim means the following. Hashem has a Yad. Hashem has a Yad. Which according to the Rambam really means he has power. Hashem has a regular, according to the Rambam, that means that things are resulted from him. According to the Mekubalim, no. The true Yad, the true regular is Hashem's. But we have no idea what that is. But we know one thing. That our Yad is so-called because it's a symbolic representation of Hashem. So that means the Kabbalim are willing to accept that there's words, there's language for things that we cannot explain, we don't understand. That is the whole essence, that is the Chiddush, that is the Chiddush in my opinion of Kabbalah. That is a tradition and a way of manipulating, a way of using that world that we can't understand. So therefore, according to them, you have these words for that world, and that matters. And what matters is that we know the words for it. According to Ram, knowing words for something is not significant. It's understanding things that are significant. So just to know the words for, any, for, for this world, if, they, if there's no meaning to it, that's completely useless. Now, so that's what the Ram says again. I want to quote that Lashni. He says, It's known to anyone who's capable of any intellectual perception. That there's no words that 42. So, I mean, if you live in that world of the intellect, then words have to have meaning, and that's the whole significance of words. And the Mukubalim are saying, well, in that world that's beyond intellect, which Ram also agrees is a world that we don't understand. But what they're saying is, the Mukubalim are saying, in that world beyond intellect, we also have words. And the reason why those words sound magical is that is because they're from a world that we completely can't relate to. Okay? Now, very important. Agav, the Rambam also, the Rambam is very opposed to Shemus and Kameis, right? But he also brings uh, Kameis in Hilchah Shabbos. He says you can, you can wear Kameis on Shabbos. But the idea is, but the idea is that the Rambam holds, well, let's say, put it that way, why could you wear Kameis on Shabbos if it's full of fantasies? So there's a Meiri in Shabbos, he says basically it's a placebo effect. The fact is it gives people encouragement it makes it it does work the placebo effect is very powerful we might not explain it we might not understand it but it's very very powerful so therefore it's helpful and you can wear it on Shabbos so the Ram is, is, is saying like he says in the mezuzah he talks about if you put Malachim's names in mezuzah and Shemis you're taking a mitzvah and you're turning it into Hanoas Atzmon the Ramam agrees that you might have certain words that are beneficial for yourself they put you in a certain state of mind but those are not Shemis those are just Hanoas Atzmon real names Real words are things that have meaning. Because the real thing that Hashem wants from us is to push and push and push and get more and more meaning. And that's what Ramam and the Murray says when, the, when they would teach this, the Shemus, the 
Gemara talks in Kedushin about Shemus, secret Shemus that they can only teach to people that are worthy for it. The Ramam says it wasn't just that they were teaching. They weren't just teaching the word itself. They were teaching the Inyanim that the Shemus are referring to, not merely how to express the, the letters, just to express it with completely without any concept. That's, there's no point in that. The point is to know what the things mean. Okay, so so now, Lamaisa, let's, let's, let's not to minimize the Machlekes, there's a major Machlekes over here. According to the Mekubalim, there is a language that, basically a mystical language, a secret language for the world that's beyond Hasaga, and, and with words, that don't fit into any normal derivation because they come from a different, a different plane of existence. And according to the Mutabalim, that's part of major part of Tyra. It's what the Nevi'im would teach the, the adepts, the ones who are learning how to be Nevi'im. And the Ram denies this and says it's foolish and, and fantastic and, and one should not believe it. So now, let's think about that. What are the, how do you determine what to believe and what not to believe? So the Rambam has, has a, a great advice which is worthy of everyone to accept this, is, uh, to, to live with this, rather, in the letter to Chachmim and Pelier about astrology. He says an amazing thing. He says like this. He says, it's only, it's only appropriate to believe something one of, for one of three reasons. Either because you have proof to it, like mathematical issues, astronomical things. Secondly, something that you sense with one of your senses, like if you know that something's red or something's black or something's hot and something's cold, you believe it because you sense it. The third reason to believe something is because it's something that you're makabal min hanaviyim hu minat tzadikim. There's different gearses here. It's minat hanaviyim vehat tzadikim or it's oy minat tzadikim. Okay. So there's three reasons to believe something, either because you have logical proof to it or because you sensed it or because you accept it from a navi tzadik. And then he says, a baldea, you have to divide everything in your mind. Everything you believe, you have to divide. Category. I say this I believe because of a tradition from the Nevi'im Tzadikim. This I believe because I sense it. This I believe because of logical proof. If you believe anything else that doesn't fit into one of these three categories, all of them are pesi yam and l'chol davar. So I don't think anyone could to dispute this. It makes perfect sense. And then he continues, he says amazing things. He says, he's talking about astrology. He says, what happened with astrology, people wrote a lot of books about it. And this is, says the Rambam, I want to tell you something, says the Rambam. This is the greatest chayli, the greatest problem, that anything that people find in books, they automatically assume is to be true. Culture again, if they're ancient books, and if lots of people dealt with those books, then everyone's going to think it's David Chachman. You think, why do you think it's all lies? And this, the Ramam continues, it's an amazing passage, see. this, the Ramam says, is what brought the Chorban, because our forefathers found many books about these astrologies, because they relate to Avodazar, and they thought that these were worthy things. They thought they were Chachmas and the Dev Talis. And instead of studying war, they were busy with those Narish Kaitan. And that's what the Navim called them Scholem and Avilim fools. And that's why they that's why they, they, they had defeat. Because they were they thought they could trust in these things that are completely completely um, nonsensical. Amazing thing. So anyways, so but what's the point that, that the Ramam holds like this? The Ramam holds it's just a, an amazing thing to think about the Ramam's. Mahalach. And, and like I said, I think everyone has to, has to apply that to figure out why we believe what we believe. Don't just, just can't do otherwise just a mush. You have to have a reason for believing things. So, one of them is, of course, tradition, Kabbalah from, the, from Kabbalah, from the Nevi'im. So, here's the thing I don't think there's any machlekes about it, but the Rambam apparently held that there is no Kabbalah from the Nevi'im. 
about the Shemus. Because if there was, then he would believe it, naturally. So when the Rambam says these things are something that's not ro'i for an Adam Shalim, Neshamam, Koshke, Lahamin Bahem, what he's saying is, I don't see the evidence for this. So don't pay any attention to it. It sounds like it's just another fantasy. It's just another fantasy. That's the Ramam's opinion. Now, those who are Mahsik in this day say that they had a Kabbalah from the Nevi'im. That's the whole idea of Kabbalah. They say they have a tradition that they trace back to the Nevi'im. So there's really, I'm just trying to bring out that, of course, there's a major Machlekes over here. But the Machlekes comes from a very, very correct place. Everyone is coming with the premise that you should believe in something that you have either proof to, or sensory uh, perception of it, or a Messiah from the Nevi'im. The Ramam didn't have any of these things on these matters, so he says, reject it, don't be busy with it, don't listen to it, and don't believe in it, because why should I believe in it? There's no, there's no evidence for it, it's very simple. It might be helpful, it may be something, but he's not going to believe in it as Torah, and therefore his concept of Torah is, is that Shemus have meaning. Come the, the, the Mukubalim and say, we have a tradition. Now, perhaps the Ramam questions that tradition, I'm not saying there's no, there's no issue here, but... But the, the Yisrael Adavra is they believe they do have a tradition from the Nevi'im. And therefore they say, we do believe in this. And what is it that they believe in? Just to review, they believe in these words for the world that's beyond logic. We cannot quantify, we cannot, we cannot categorize it in normal words. That world also has words, and those words are the way that we can connect to Hashem. Remember, don't try this at home. Um, dangerous stuff. To use those shames like the Amchalsas, use those that are Directly related to Hashem Shefa, you have to be a tzaddik and a kaddish. And even to use the Malachim's names, if you're not worthy, you're going to get into big trouble. But of course, if you don't want to believe in this, also in a hezek. Obviously, the Ramam says, don't believe in it, it's not from the Yisraeli Adas, of course. One thing I didn't get to, though, and I don't intend to, I just want to point out, obviously the Rambam, there's all these Gemaris, many Gemaris, and Midrashim about using Hashem's name for affecting various things in the not least is that mentioned by Moshe Kling the Mitzvah, but there's many more like that. So, how's Ramam going to explain that? It's a very interesting, intriguing question. Uh, it's an intriguing thing to explore. How does the Rambam deal with all those, all those Gemara Samadrashim? Okay, we will leave it at that. And reminder again about the Q&A. If anyone has any topics, any questions that they want to ask, send them into that email. And again, if you'd like to sponsor a share in whole or in part, Send me an email, irisyakov at gmail.com. It's there in the episode description. Thanks so much to everyone for listening to The Great Sources. Please remember to rate and review the podcast. That's how it gets out there to even more people. Thank you and good night.